Hello, my name is Emily and welcome to The Jam, a fruitful podcast through the eyes of a Catholic millennial. Happy New Year and welcome to 2020. We are officially in a new decade. Uh, I'm very excited. This episode officially kicks off season two, uh, which if you listened to the last episode from um, season one, uh, we are focusing on uh, beauty. And uh, today we are looking at uh, beauty found working in medicine. Um, so this week's spread, we are talking faith at work. And I have two very special guests. Uh, I know them as Jason and Annie through Indie Catholic, but in their profession, they are known as second year Jason, internal medicine, and third year Annie, medical student. Thank you guys, and um, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, um, so we uh, live in Indianapolis, um, very great city, and we are blessed to have many different uh, hospital networks. Can you tell me a bit about the programs that you both are in? Sure. So I'm Annie. I'm the third year medical student. Um, so after I finished college, I went to medical school. And for the first two years, you do kind of classroom studies, your more traditional school. And then for your third year and your fourth year, you go into the hospitals and do rotations in every kind of medicine that there is from surgery to medicine to pediatrics to psychiatry so that's what i do every day yeah and i'm uh i'm in my second year of residency so basically i've done what annie's done, uh, doing right now um four years of medical school and then i'm in my second year out of three for internal medicine residency programs so i went through i school iu uh, school of medicine and uh, stuck around Indianapolis because it's a great city. And uh, am in uh, IU's uh, School of Medicine program uh, for internal medicine. Beautiful. Uh, what does a typical day look like for you guys? I like to joke that I don't have a typical day. <laughs> um, my day really changes depending on what month I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one month I might be doing nights on the OB service, um, just delivering whatever babies come in or taking care of whoever comes in at night. Mm -hmm. And then the next month I might be working in a clinic somewhere. So it's more of like your normal business hours. And then the next mm -hmm. month I might be just working in the hospital. Um, but for the most part, I start out my day, you know, with a team of medical students and residents and then our like attending physicians um, and staff and we go see patients and then check up on them during the day and Take care of them. Yeah, my schedule's uh, pretty similar. Um, I've specialized a little bit now, so I'm doing internal medicine, which is adult medicine. Um, so it's not kids and it's not surgery. But um, so the past few months, I was in the ER for a month, so you know, doing shifts all time of the day and night. Um, I was in rheumatology clinic a couple months ago and. Right now I'm on a little bit of a vacation, which is nice, but I'll be starting up in the ICU next week. So um, yeah, generally the day starts out, either you show up in clinic in the morning or you show up in the hospital for an inpatient team. Look up a lot of uh, labs and other results uh, from the morning and pr prior evening and uh, get ready to round on your patients and uh, do a lot of talking and thinking and mm -hmm. figuring out what the plan is. Beautiful, awesome, thank you so much for sharing. Okay, 
So we're talking faith at work today. Um, how did the Lord lead you to pursue medicine? Well, I, I like to think that, you know, talking to other people going into medicine, I think my story is maybe a little atypical because a lot of people going into medical school had this great experience when they were like seven years old and mm -hmm. they ever always knew they wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I kind of just decided uh, senior year of college that with my biology and theology degrees that um, I didn't want to go to graduate school and a lot of my friends were going into medicine and I was like, well, you know, I've never really thought about this seriously. And so I gave it some more thought. And, mm -hmm. You know, kind of realize that being a doctor, uh, you know, you get to meet people at a vulnerable point in their life and get to have a great impact on them. And so um, a lot of people will say, you know, I want to be a doctor because I like science and I like to help people. And yeah. Really, that uh, kind of fits uh, my thought process pretty well. So not super exciting. I maybe fell into medicine a little bit, but... I'm glad to be at where I am today. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I fell into medicine a little later too. Um, I, like starting college, I started as an engineer. I did, didn't think I wanted to do any more school after college, so mm -hmm. I was very against medicine. Yeah. Um, and then kind of through, through there, I started thinking about it more just with, you know, I'm super bad at math. So that made engineering a little hard. And <laughs> I uh, shadowed some physicians because I really didn't know what a doctor did every day. Mm -hmm. I have a couple family members, like my grandfather was a physician, didn't really know him mm -hmm. when he was practicing, but I didn't know what, what doctors did or how many different kinds of doctors there were. And so I shadowed a surgeon and an emergency physician and just kind of fell in love with it after that and showed up in the office and said, I'm going to change my major. And then I went to medical school after that. And it was a really great path for me. I was like immediately very happy with it. After I switched, it just took a, a while for me to discern and, you know, feel called in that direction. But in interesting. This is so fascinating um, because I feel like mine was almost the, the opposite. So originally... Um, my first year at college, um, I was majoring in, a, in athletic training, actually. I wanted to go be this amazing trainer for USA track and field and, you know, go in actually to medicine. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, by the end of uh, my freshman year, I just had a conversion of heart and fell in love with public speaking and hop, skip, jump away, I work in ministry, and, you know, that's where, you know, I'm meant to be, so I always find it um, just, you know, fascinating about how, you know, um, the Lord works in our lives, and how we think we know uh, what we're doing, and we have this set idea, and then he just radically changes that, so. Okay, so I have another question for y'all. Uh, do you believe there is room for faith in medicine? Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> should, yeah, should we expand on that? Um, that would be great. <laughs> um, well, you know, medicine is a very trying field of work. Um, there's a lot of challenges, and um, you're also dealing with humans most of the time, mm -hmm. other than the time spent on the computer. 
But um, whenever you're dealing with people who are in a vulnerable point in their life and are sick, then I think, um, you know, my faith is always encouraging me and giving me strength when times are hard to be compassionate, um, empathetic, and, you know, really care about the person and not just, you know, check off the boxes and do the job I'm supposed to and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into medicine. Um, and like Jason said, you know, when you're talking to people who are sick and at a vulnerable po- point in their life, I feel like oftentimes in those moments, the medicine part becomes very easy, simple, and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people are suffering or asking, you know, bigger questions than that, like, what does my life mean moving forward from this radical change? Um, that's where I think my faith comes in very much for me on how to talk to people mm-hmm. through that. Um, and I think that it comes up a lot for patients of all different faith traditions. Mm-hmm. In those moments, um, faith becomes very important for them too. And I think my own faith helps me relate and be more compassionate to other people. Kind of asking those similar questions that we all try to ask and answer through our faith. And in particular, I think, you know, suffering is something that's very difficult mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. Um, Outside of, I mean, our Christian faith has a lot to say about suffering. Um, But in like a secular sense, I think that suffering is often just seen as pointless or it's just something that should be avoided at all costs. And if you're, you are suffering, that's, that stinks. We're going to do whatever we can to stop it. And it's otherwise meaningless. Mm -hmm. And when patients ask questions about death and dying and suffering, I definitely think that our faith gives us a great reference point and frame of mind to be able to, um, you know, walk with them through that and say that, you know, your, your suffering is not pointless. Um, you know, there's, you know, we know, even if, even if the patient isn't Christian, I mean, just letting them know that, um, it's, it's not pointless what they're going through and that, um, we know that there's somebody who loves us who also suffered with us. So that, that means a lot. Beautiful. Um, so a buzzword in the, the medical field is uh, humanism. Um, can you kind of explain more about what that is and how your faith influences that? I think, uh, the way I understand humanism, there's a, in our med school, there's the gold humanism society of basically people that get recognized for, you know, caring. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, patients uh, are people, they're not just commodities. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah. treating, when you're in the room with somebody, treating them as a person and uh, you know, trying to be holistic and not focusing just on their diabetes or their um, COPD, and you know, thinking, uh, trying to figure out what all is going on in their life so that you can take care of them better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, 
I would say that, you know, if you're a person of faith and uh, a Christian, you want to be focusing on that. And then I think going back to what Annie said earlier, like the medicine kind of becomes secondary. I mean, you know, that's, that's how we're trained, but some of the be, being humanistic or um, I guess focusing on humanism um, is uh, often more challenging. Yeah, so that's that's the situation when I think of it too, is when mm -hmm. you have someone who comes in, maybe who's been in the hospital a lot or has some kind of chronic illness that they come into the hospital and it's gotten worse, but there's nothing that I'll be able to do that will totally take it away. Um, and so you kind of have these discussions with people focusing on them and they're just trying to come to you know, where they are with as much compassion as you can and ask them more about like what's important to them. So the medicine, I mean, you know, sometimes you have, like the medicine will give you an answer, like this antibiotic or whatever. But I think going, we're also called to go beyond that mm -hmm. and, you know, ask things going on at home or what, you know, what what's actually going to make their life better, you know? And sometimes it's something totally unrelated to why they came in today. Like, you know, I've been having trouble getting around the house because my power wheelchair broke. And that's really the biggest thing. That's the barrier to, you know, my human dignity right now because I can't, you know, move to take care of myself, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think exploring, you know, when, when you remember that this is a person with a full life and not just a diagnosis with a code on a page, um, and you really just go and talk to them about it, you'll, you'll learn so much more about them as a whole person. And I think that's mm -hmm. what our faith is calling us to do when yeah. we, you know, meet every person. Awesome. Okay, so I know shifts can be very long sometimes. Um, how do you balance, um, you know, working in medicine and being Catholic as well? Sure. Um, <laughs> Loaded question, I know. <laughs> I'll just start with it's really difficult. And <laughs> I feel like it's always something that I'm trying to struggle with and balance, but mm -hmm. I think that's true of anyone doing anything. I mean, we all, as people with living very full lives yeah we're called in a lot of directions so any anyone who's like married and has a family that's always one pull and then if you also have a job outside of the home that's another one so i think medicine in that way is similar and everyone can relate to that struggle um maybe something that's a little more um particular to medicine not that other people don't have it but changing shifts and changing schedules um and I think one of the hardest things about medicine is it's hard to pr predict and plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not one of those people that can commit to going to the same mass every week because my schedule on Sunday is going to change. And sometimes I'll be working Saturday night through Sunday. Um, so I'm not the, I'm not the one who can sign up to read at the nine o'clock mass every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a challenge, but there are certainly things that you can do to try to put your faith and your own time for growth in your faith in your schedule. You mm -hmm. just have to get a little more creative about it. Yeah. So um, some things that I've done are if I finish a shift going to the chapel or the prayer room, which every hospital is going to have, um, either if it's a Catholic hospital, they'll have kind of a more elaborate chapel, usually like with the tabernacle and stuff, and that's a great place to pray. But even our um, public 
hospitals will have prayer rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are great quiet places for reflection. Um, and sometimes I will do that. Not regularly, but... Yeah, I think the, you know, uh, both as a student and as a resident, you're changing rotations month to month. And so as soon as you get one schedule down, your, your um, routine changes. So that is difficult um, to develop a consistent prayer, uh, prayer life or prayer routine. Uh, one thing that I started doing last Lent was um, praying a rosary or at least part of a rosary on the way to work. So just having the radio radio off and uh, just trying to prepare myself mentally and spiritually for the day. And I found that that was um, a really great thing. Um, I would feel like less stressed when I got to work in the morning. And uh, then uh, when Lent ended, I was like, well, I should probably just keep doing this because it's... <laughs> I don't want to, you know, kill off all these spiritual fruits I'm getting right now. So um, that's one way I've sort of been able to be consistent. So even if I'm going in at, you know, work at 7 in the morning or if I'm overnight and I have to get there at 5 p.m., I can always pray on the way to work. So that's nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, doing my best to get to Mass. Um, like, I think I had to miss All Saints Day Mass mm -hmm. um, this past year. But otherwise... The great thing about um, Indianapolis is there are so many different parishes, and so um, it's usually you're usually able to find at least one mass between like you know Saturday at like four thirty to like Sunday at seven p.m. There's mm -hmm. masses in there, um, and uh, yeah, it is hard to commit to like one parish to like be a, a lector or a Eucharistic minister, be more involved um, is difficult. Um, but hopefully, you know, once residency is finished, uh, we'll be able to get a little more involved on a consistent basis. Awesome. Um, so I understand you guys are in um, uh, a book club right now. Yes. That's true. Can you tell me <laughs> a little bit more about that and um, how that helps you in your faith and um, in your career? Yeah, so um, we're both members of the Catholic Medical Association, mm -hmm. which is a group of medical students, residents, um, and it's expanded nurses and physical therapists and a lot of different people um, involved in medicine who get together, and we have this great advisor. You've been in it for longer than I have, um, but Dr. Brown is our advisor, and we read different, usually short stories, because um, those are easier for everyone to get through and right. commit to, but short stories that, you know, on the surface have nothing to do with medicine. They're not about medical themes. They'll usually be kind of more literature and writers. Um, and we'll all read them and discuss them, which is great. And it's wonderful to hear how they relate to other people's lives. And usually, all, always, you can find um, a theme that resonates really well with something in medicine, one of the challenges or something that we're all facing no matter what role we have in our work in medicine, if we're approaching it with our Catholic faith as the focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the book club, uh, it's great to, to get together with 
other um, Catholic, you know, med students, nurses. Uh, we have pharmacy students. Um, I started as a medical student and am now a resident and um, continuing with it just to have other people who are um, have the same faith and have the same challenges and um, supporting each other through that because, you know, training at a, a secular institution, it sometimes does feel like, you know, you're kind of like in, in a corner, you're the, uh, you know, your faith is, uh, you know, you don't maybe feel empowered to you know, like talk about your faith all the time because it's kind of, you know, out there a little different than what other people mm -hmm. um, are really used to in their, um, in their lives. So, um, yeah, just being able to support each other in the book club. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like some of my, uh, good friends have been made through the, the book club as well. And so oh, that's, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great blessing. So, and the, the Catholic Medical Association is a, it's a national organization, but we have our, our local Indianapolis chapter and mm -hmm. then actually a club at the medical school. And there's a, a resident section as well. It's getting, getting uh, off the ground. So, um, so yeah, if, if someone is listening who's not in Indianapolis or if you're in, in, in Indianapolis, then definitely, you know, feel free to join us here, but uh, there's probably a local CMA guild where you're at. So something to look into with a Google search. It's <laughs> an excellent plug. Um, beautiful. I love that you have that sense of community, um, especially um, where you work and what you do every day. I know it's not easy, um, but one of my last questions I have for you, um, again, the emphasis um, of season two here on The Jam is all about beauty and can beauty save the world? Um, lately, where have you found beauty in your lives? It could be yeah, work or it could just be in something you've done recently outside of work as well. Okay. Well, I guess I have two answers to that. Um, my week at work, I felt, feel like has been very beautiful in the extremes. Mm -hmm. um, so this week, I feel like in particular, there's just been a lot of emotional moments with patients in the medical team. Mm -hmm. And some of those have been just wonderful, just absolutely fantastic moments that you just want to hold on to forever. Yeah. Um, when someone is really, really, really sick and then, you know, your, your team is able to figure out what's going on and diagnose them and treat them and then they rapidly get better that's, that's mm -hmm. what we're always hoping for so, yeah you know I got to have that experience this week with um, a patient whose body wasn't making you know the normal steroids that we make for our body when when we get sick and um, the team was able to diagnose that and figure out and then you know, we gave them back those steroids that their body wasn't making and overnight the patient got better and the the family was just all, it, it was a great experience. So that was really beautiful just to be a part of that. Um, I think our team kind of stayed in the room for a long, a long time just so we could kind of hold on to it. Um, then there are other moments where, you know, families are coming to terms with difficult diagnosis or progression of a disease and making difficult choices about how they, how they want or how their loved one most wants to live out with dignity the rest of the, their life. Mm -hmm. um, and those are emotional moments, but there's something beautiful in that too, I think. Um, so those are kind of, that's that's how I found beauty in my week. 
But then outside of the hospital, something that I've taken up uh, with a little influence from some family members that are well, way more artistic than I am, is uh, watercoloring. Oh, Started okay. watercoloring. This is great. <laughs> you know, out of nowhere. And I am by no means artistic. Uh, I, I like to joke that somehow I was allowed to graduate college and will now graduate medical school without ever taking a visual arts class. Okay. Ever. It was never <laughs> okay. in my curriculum. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess budget cuts or something, but, um, so I am horrible. I cannot draw. I cannot, you know, I, I did a little coloring back in the day, but I picked up watercolors because I was in a store with a friend and they were on sale and we were like, this looks fun. So now, uh, I have a couple friends who live nearby and some of them are med students, some of them aren't, and we'll come over and we'll just watercolor on like a Sunday night or something and kind of let that creative yeah. kind of beauty That's beautiful. come into our lives. Yeah, it's probably a way better than anything I've done recently. Um, do you <laughs> not watercolor? <laughs> no, but uh, interestingly, I did uh, do some finger painting with Bob Ross um, okay. on the holidays, which I would highly recommend. Just grab some... Um, some washable paints. Okay. So you, you know, because it's going to be a little messy using your fingers, but... Um, Naturally, yes. And then just turn on Bob Ross and follow along, <laughs> and it presents a unique challenge when you're using your fingers instead of the, the brushes, so... Okay. I like that twist. Yeah. Painting with a twist. Um, and other beauty, um, like at work that I've encountered, I think it is the, the difficult times that... In the moment, maybe you start squirming a little bit or like feel like, I don't know what to say right now. But I think those are the, the times that stick with you and are most memorable. Um, I think of, uh, uh, there was a, a lady who I was uh, taking care of who had a gallbladder cancer and um, was very sick and, and frail. And she was fairly young, I think in her um, 50s. And just her just being very appreciative every day when I came in to, to see her. And, you know, I'm not looking for praise or reassurance from, from patients, but she was just very vocally appreciative of the time I was spending with her. And, um, you know, with all the, the burnout that medical students and, and doctors have these days, it's nice to get a little bit of... Um, like a compliment from a patient um, mm-hmm. saying like, oh, you really, you know, put me at ease. Um, I like your bedside manner, that sort of thing. Now, the, this lady, I remember her because she told me that uh, I reminded her of Joel Osteen. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> which she meant as a compliment. So, I, <laughs> okay. um, so uh, you know, that was memorable. And, and I, you know, it was beautiful in its own way. So that... That I was grateful for. Awesome. Jason, Annie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come be on the podcast. Um, also, thank you so much for what you do um, for um, Indie Catholic, um, for what you do in your professions, and uh, we will continue to pray for you. Um, stay tuned uh, for the musical jam coming up next. <laughs>